You know, I always say that fall is my favorite time of year, and it's because there's so much fun stuff going on. KRKO, it's Everett's Greatest Hits. Tim Hunter at your service this morning, hanging out, got the Kraken officially opening up their NHL season tonight down in Vegas. Excited for that. Halloween decorations starting to pop up. And I'm a member of AAA. I've been a member for God knows how many years. I think when I first came up here from California in the late 70s, Dear God, I could be one of the originals. In any case, I was reading the uh, AAA newsletter the other day, and they got a writer named Douglas Scott, who we have got on the phone. Douglas, you wrote an article about the 10 haunted places around Washington State, and I want details. Yes, I was very happy to get assigned an article uh, that allowed me to write about Washington's ghost towns and desolate places around the state. And it was a good chance to kind of dive into these areas where we may not go to as much when we're traveling around. Now, are these easy to access or is there some hiking involved or what? So there are a lot of them that are drivable, but there are a few that do require a hike into them, such as Monte Cristo or Northern State. But there's a lot that are out in eastern Washington. Okay, well, what about some of the ones around here? The Triangle of Fire is a local one that's very great. That is just so fun to be able to wander around there in the daytime. It's absolutely beautiful. And then at sunset, the Triangle of Fire is those old forts that guard the Puget Sound back at the turn of the 1900s. And walking around the barracks there, there's so many stories, and you can hear every sound, and it's amplified. It's just perfectly spooky. It's really fun. So did you run into any uh, spirits or anything, or just uh, they're just abandoned places? For those people that are in tune to kind of the unnerving, the spooky, and this different energy, we have so many haunted spots and so many unsettling areas because of the environment. We have these dark forests and these foggy days, and those allow our imagination to just run wild and give us a chance to entertain the, like, ifs and maybes and these unknowns. And I think I haven't had any personal experiences, but I know people that have at a lot of these places. And I think that's why shows like, you know, to date myself, back in the 90s, there was, you know, The X-Files. And a lot of it took place out in Washington. Yeah, you get to fall and the fog and the rain and the gloom and... It's the perfect setting for these scary things. Uh, we're going to have Douglas hold on, and we'll continue. And I want to find out if he has a favorite haunted spot around Washington State. Yeah, Tuesday morning. Here we go. Got a Monday behind us. That's good. It's KRKO, Tim Hunter with Everett's Greatest Hits. More of those coming up. Two weeks from Sunday's Halloween. Wow. Boy, this uh, just coming on fast. And I love the scary and the spooky and all that stuff. If you got a ghost story, we'd love to hear yours at tim.hunter at krko.com. We'd love to hear it. Uh, in the meantime, we've been chatting with Douglas Scott from AAA Magazine, AAA.com. And Douglas, you wrote about the 10 haunted places around Washington State. The one that had my interest was Govan, because there was a judge murder yeah so this is one of those murders that i mean it's weird to have a celebrated murder but this is one of those that really made the national news a judge was murdered with an axe and his wife and they were there and it was considered the most brutal crime ever committed in the county Uh, everybody reporting to it was just horrified at what they saw there and today you can drive by that and see the old house it's off Highway 2 out by Grand Coulee, so it hasn't 
weathered with you know the rain and everything that we get on the west side it's just the slowly falling apart and it's absolutely creepy and perfect and one of the more picturesque places the dilapidated old schoolhouse it's steeple is like falling in on itself and it's just a it, it's a sight to see and it's it's hard not to think of the what could have been there all right well if you want to read about all 10 of the haunted places that uh douglas scott was writing about i'll tell you what we'll put that link on our krko facebook page and we'll get you to triple a.com in the meantime douglas did you have a a favorite one i love monte cristo mm-hmm. it's one of those that i you know i hiked it a lot but monte cristo is close enough to town you know it's easy it's easy to get to in decent weather but it's not haunted per se, but what I love about it is when you hike into an abandoned spot and there's no road there and you see this town and you think of what could have been, it's easy to let your imagination just run absolutely wild because it's not haunted by ghosts, but it's haunted by this like loss of hope and despair that was over the city as the last residents left. And it's, it's a fascinating thing to sit and think about and, and ponder and, and realize that there are things that have happened in the spots that you're at all around the state that are good and bad. And when you get to one that has no one else there, it's easy to kind of feel that crushing defeat that, you know, people probably had. And I think that's the root to some of those scary moments. Oh, I love me scary moments. Thank you, uh, Douglas Scott from AAA.com. And I've got a link to his article of the 10 scary places around Washington State on our KRKO Facebook page waiting for you. Yeah, that kind of helps get the uh, adrenaline flowing. It's KRKO Everett's Greatest Hits. Tim Hunter playing them for you this morning. And being joined by Ted Beener, our resident weather expert. But Ted, right now, for the first time in his life, when he's talking about 007, he's not talking about the dew point. (laughs) No, no, I've worked on that all weekend. Uh, You went and saw the new James Bond movie. I did. I saw it over the weekend. And? Shall I just list some words here? Maybe that might be helpful because that will inspire people to go as well. But it was Mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. It was thrilling. If you like car chases, there's plenty of that. There was revenge, conflict, and leverage was used. Long film, but you didn't even notice that it was a long film. It yeah, was it's really three a lot hours, of fun. right? 163 minutes. So just about two hours and 45 minutes. But about 10 minutes of that is the credits at the end. Oh, so sure. Not only did it tie all the previous four films that uh, Craig did, mm-hmm. but it also had references to previous Bond films. And that includes going all the way back to Dr. No, oh. um, Thunderball. And in particular, Your Majesty's Secret Service. So, do you really think that Daniel Craig is done? Oh, absolutely he's done. The big question I have in my own mind, and I was, this is something you walk out of the theater thinking about. What are they going to do next? Or if they're going to do anything next? So, uh, that's, that's the question. Where does this franchise go from here? Sounds like it's fun, and if you gave it between a four and a five, then, uh... I might have to go see that. It's fun, and I would do the Dolby. I should see it with Harry Potter's house elf. Um, I saw it at Alderwood, which is north mm-hmm. where you are. But right. uh, yeah, it's it's just that sensory part of it. Thank you, Ted. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Well, there you have it. No time to die. The number one movie among meteorologists employed by this radio station. Yeah, the Fab Four back in happier times. It's KRKO. 
Everett's Greatest Hits. My name is Tim Hunter. Don't know if you heard, but Paul McCartney did an interview. It's going to be airing on the BBC in a couple of weeks, but a little of it snuck out yesterday. And for the past 50 plus years, uh, Paul McCartney was the one who supposedly uh, broke the Beatles up. He was the one that said he could no longer work with John Lennon and stuff like that. And he had his own album coming out. So it's like he was done with the band. But in this interview that we'll all get to hear the full version of in a couple of weeks, um, Paul made it very clear as to who broke up the Beatles. I'm not the person who instigated the split. John walked into the room one day and said, I'm leaving the Beatles. And he said, it's quite thrilling. It's rather like a divorce. And then we were left to pick up the pieces. But I didn't instigate the split. That was our Johnny. Sir Paul just wanted to make sure you got the story right. Again, I'll plug that a Hulu series, a McCartney 321, if you haven't seen it yet. I go to a friend's house who has Hulu and demand to watch it. I'll wait. No, we'll move on. More of Everett's greatest hits coming up 